to the situation. We're taking it very seriously um, all the way through the organization. Um, sure, there are questions, but um, I'm not going to be entering into discussion about that today. Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey guys, how's it going? And welcome to episode 16 of Patriots Nation UK. I am your host, at Matt Inkster on Twitter. I write at PatriotsNationUK.com and I am joined, as ever now, from now on, by my co-host, Nick. How's it going, Nick? Yep, good. Might be a little bit less ranty on this one than the last one, but we'll see. <laughs> I can maybe go in uh, a rant or two, I'm sure. Yeah, it doesn't take very much. <laughs> um, so, this one is the Miami Dolphins preview episode. Um, I'm not actually sure how much we can say on this apart from they're bloody awful um, but we'll do our best but also um, the, the getting tacked on at the end of this one um, I'll, I'll say that again at the end of this podcast you will hear an interview between myself and Nat Coombs of the NC show his new podcast that he does he does talk sports um, you might know him from Channel 4 and Channel 5 back in the day with Iron Mike Carlson, who's a, a friend of the show. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, an all-round good guy in the NFL community uh, here in the UK. He will be coming up later on the show, but to start with, let's go with the Miami Dolphins preview with myself and Nick. What is your initial thoughts going into this weekend, Nick? I'm trying to decide whether it's a legitimate preview if you just talk about the situation of the game rather than the other team. (laughs) Uh, Because historically, the Patriots struggle down there early season in Miami. On the other hand, they looked horrendous. So (laughs) I, I don't think they will look that bad this week because I don't think you can. They'll have corrections that I assume stop receivers just kind of running through the middle of the defense with nobody close to them. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, the Patriots probably have a lot more weapons than the Ravens do. So especially if Antonio Brown plays. So I, I, I don't know. I really can't see anything other than a Patriots win. I'm really comfortable at that. I think the line was like 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It does show a lot of respect to the the Dolphins, put it that way. I'd almost be tempted, which I do in such situations, to go the opposite way, just for actually the the making of money purposes and put money on the Dolphins at plus 17. Yeah, 17 is a... It's it's a big score. Yeah. Although the Patriots covered it last Sunday. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that, and that wasn't what was expected either. But, however, as you were saying, down in Miami, we generally struggle. Um, I don't know if it's the swampy heat or what it is that we come up against, but we, I mean, we always 
we've all seen that nonsense from last year, although that was obviously later in the season. That, yeah. Um, any time, it doesn't matter if it's the start or end of the, the season, whether it's September or December, we always seem to come up, a, it seems to be a hoodoo down that way. The heat has a lot to do with it, I think. The one big outlier I can think of is the is a Monday night game, maybe a Sunday night game a few years ago. Um, Patrick Chung had a kick return or an interception return, if I remember correctly. But that was a night game, so mm. a lot cooler at that point. So the heat probably does have a lot to do with it. Yeah, especially when you're... I mean, for us in the UK, it's six o'clock kickoff. It's uh, one o'clock in Miami. So you're smack bang in the middle of the day, really. So it's when you're getting, what what will it be in September? 30 degree blazing heat pumping down in your helmet. (laughs) 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 Should I reword that one? (laughs) No, I'll just leave it as is. (laughs) Since we're, you know, been on the case of Antonio Brown helmets, I think it's um, that's what's in my head. So, you know, um, yeah, we'll leave that there. So anyway, moving swiftly on, um, who can we actually like? What right from the offense? Albert Wilson is, is hasn't been training to date. Um, whether he comes good or not for the weekend, I'm not entirely sure. Um, Kenyon Drake and uh, Balage can they get a running game going this weekend, possibly? I mean, we managed to stuff Connor last weekend. Can we stuff these two at the weekend? I, I think the Patriots' defence is just really good in general, so I think a lot of teams will struggle to do much against them. I assume Fitzpatrick's going to be quarterback again. I wouldn't see any real need to change that at this point unless they've just lost all their faith with him, which is entirely possible. But it could be a good yeah. a good point just to interject Rosen and uh, the the Dolphins' offense and just you know they have a. My thinking is that Rosen starts at the weekend because what else have they to lose now from this point going forward? If you're getting news coming out on Monday that there's revolts happening in the the locker room of you know they want to they'll want to jump ship essentially and de- desert the sinking ship. Um, what have you got to lose apart from maybe just completely shattering the guy's confidence? I guess that. I think um, it depends what the mindset of the organisation is. If they are truly tanking, you don't want Rosen winning you a game. Well, no, but I I don't think he's going to win anyway. So you might as well stop <laughs> and, see, and see what happens. And yeah, unfortunately for the boy, it seems you know they're going for Tua or Jake Fromm or someone from next year's draft class already. So he's could end up in his third franchise in three years, or he could just be punted out of the league completely, which I think is completely wrong because I didn't think he was the worst quarterback coming out of that class last year. So I think he was unlucky in that the Cardinals got the first pick this season and took Kyler Murray, who actually looked good last week. Um, yeah, especially with who's their head coach, who is completely in love with the guy as well, I think. Um, 
but yeah, going back to the the Dolphins offense, um, tight end, you've got Gesicki or Gesicki. Um, <laughs> the Alan Hearns, no, I never liked him at the Jags. Anyway, Devante Parker has been an almost a complete bust. Uh, Preston Williams has um, been picked up in, in the offseason in the draft, the rookie out of Colorado State. Questions over him because he's a rookie. And then you've got Albert Wilson, who's been, a, I think, a fantasy darling in the offseason um, in any of the drafts I've been in. But that could be a complete fantasy bust by the looks of that. <laughs> I'm really not finding any positives so far, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't like being this confident about the game because generally that just means that you're setting yourself up for failure. It seems to be how it is all the time. But they are just so like the de- definition of meh. It's mm. I, I I don't know. I think if Fitzpatrick plays he'll have to pull out that classic Fitzmagic, but not for like a couple of plays. I think he'll have to do it for long, long stretches because the Patriots offense looked formidable last week. Well, looking at, looking at their, um, their backs in the defense, I mean, you've just touched on Fitzpatrick there. Um, their cornerbacks aren't actually that bad a group you know no. if you've got Xavier Howard Eric Rowe um, Bad Moses in there they're, um, their cornerbacks are actually pretty decent they could potentially I mean we all seen what happened last week um, no, that, that's, what I, that's what I was about to say like on paper they look okay yeah maybe even like pretty pretty good pretty good is maybe like a bit of a stretch but they look competitive mm-hmm. but then you saw Hollywood Brown just like walking about catching balls in 20 yards of space it's... yeah but we don't really have anyone with that speed I guess is what I'm now Josh Gordon is not exactly slow and Dorsett's rapid so it's yeah it's... I don't know if you can expect another big game from Philip Dorsett but if they put all their coverage but then, like, if Tony O'Brien plays, like, you go four white. Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna cover? Because you're gonna double Antonio Brown. Because you can't not. Do you double one of the other ones as well? Yeah, I I could see them. Well, there was a stat and, picked up from last week that was, I think it was twenty four times. 24 snaps they played with no tight end in the game last week and it was 25 snaps through the whole season last year that they played with no tight end. I could easily see them beat that this weekend with 25 plus in the one game, especially if Brown plays because then as you say if you go Gordon, Edelman Brown (laughs) who are you covering? Well you can cover all of them you just like let James White catch the ball all he wants yeah. from the backfield and you'll just have like 200 yards from scrimmage. Just it's... have Michelle or White from the backfield wheeling out and then, you know, then just pick up 12 yards 
properly and walk down the field and rack up 59 points like the Ravens did. This is all hypothetical. It could be... I'm I'm still a bit reluctant to say Antonio Brown is going to play because until I actually see him on the field Mm. with the ball in play, Mm -hmm. I'm a bit... I don't know what to think. I don't know enough about this situation, so I don't can't really comment. But yeah, if he um, does play, I just don't see a way that Miami can cope with the receivers. Even without him, you he doesn't play. You've then taken it down from a 59-point game to a <laughs> game. You've maybe taken three touchdowns off the field with him not playing. Because uh, uh, I still can't see them coping with... Gordon, Edelman, Dorsett, White, Michelle. Our front seven last week, um, our front line looked awesome. Like Isaiah Wynn, was that was something, two of the things I was going to um, pick up where we didn't in the last pod was Isaiah Wynn looked a monster, exactly what we were expecting out of our left tackle. And unfortunately, Marcus Cannon went down, but early reports are saying he's going to be fine he might get limited stops he might not start on Sunday but you know they'll get him in there and yeah I, th- I think I'll be surprised surprised if uh, Cannon plays well they've I can't remember his name uh, they've just signed an offensive tackle and that I think yeah. covers that position for this weekend at least Um because there was that roster spot available um, for that. But yeah, it was good news to hear that Marcus Cannon has come through the opposite side of that because it was, the reports coming out on Sunday night weren't looking too great to begin with. It could, I mean, we, you saw how Foles fell on, on Sunday and an innocent fall like that has suddenly turned into a broken collarbone and he's gone for the year. So... To have him back with limited practice uh, Wednesday, then you know potentially looking good for the weekend. Yeah, I guess it just depends how limited limited was because limited can be anywhere from ninety nine percent of your normal snaps to one snap. So I guess more stories will come out over the next couple of days as to how long he'll be out for. My guess is a couple of weeks, but I don't know anything about it because. As usual, they're so undescriptive on injuries. It's it's hard to know. Mm. Um, Marshall Newhouse was the the name yeah. I was looking for off the top of my head. They've signed him, um, and along with they've also put our guy Obi on the practice squad. Um, so that's good for us British fans over here in the UK. It's, uh, it's a, an added interest in a way. It's not quite the Christian Wade hype, possibly, that we got in the off-season. Um, but, you know, it's kind of... It'll keep Sky Sports interested, possibly. <laughs> yeah, they, they find any excuse to talk about British players, which I can understand why they're doing it, but... <laughs> Greats after a little bit, but mm. yeah, can totally understand why they're doing it. Yeah, well, I totally. Am. I'm surprised they've not managed to um, wedge JJ back on a team yet, so they can talk about him a bit more. 
could be the first um, signing of the London team. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you in a rant here, so I better move on. <laughs> no, either no, no. either that or it's me that might rant this time. So um, moving on, um, how do you do you see uh, us with the uh, our defence um, coping at the weekend? Do you, can you see any anything out of there? That's to I, I, I touched on it earlier. You know, the wide receivers aren't real looking up to much and. <laughs> Possibly the running backs could do something, unless you've got a, a difference of opinion. Um, I, I, I just think the Patriots' defense is stacked. I can't. They could probably run the ball a little bit, but the Patriots' front and linebackers are like the linebackers, especially, they're so deep, like. Especially this year with Collins coming back and Winovich played last week. Like, Winovich probably doesn't even see the field next week because Van Noy's back. Mm. So, like, you're adding Van Noy to an already pretty formidable defense. Alandon Roberts didn't play. I would probably expect him to play a little bit more this week just because it'll potentially be a bit more of a run-heavy game. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, can't see, some... I can't see them holding every team at three points. <laughs> like Somebody's going to score points at some point. I'm just not sure it'll be the Dolphins. <laughs> but maybe... I think they'll, I think they'll get a, a garbage time touchdown. <laughs> yeah, but like the Patriots seem so adamant about not letting that happen on Sunday. Like They call the timeout yeah. with like 10 seconds left to make sure that they had personnel on the field to not allow a touchdown. <laughs> that so, was hilarious, actually. But it's, it's a bit... It's hard to predict oh. that they're just not going to allow any points. So, like, mm. I think the Dolphins will score some points, just not very many. So, I think there's, there's not really much more we can say on this. Um, you'll hear the thoughts of Nat Coombs just shortly, but before we get to that, um, what, you're saying they're not giving up much points on Sunday. Well, do you want to stick your neck out for a score? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I've literally been <laughs> sitting here for the last like 15 minutes trying to think of what a reasonable score predict is, and I am really struggling. Like, 45-9? I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Uh, that's close to what I was thinking. I'm a, I was going to say 40, 40, 10. 40 points to 10. A 30, a 30 point difference. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> shocking. But, uh, I mean, obviously, the Dolphins, 40 points. Patriots, 10. No. Oh, yeah. It's uh, that heat. <laughs> that, that heat. You just want to lie down and get a suntan. Um, I'd say I, I really don't like being this confident about games. So it just it doesn't sit right. No, it never does. Um, but what else can you do? <laughs> I know, when, based on the performance from both teams on at the last week, it's what what can you do? What what else are you supposed to predict? It's when uh, Vegas is telling you that the gap is going to be wide. I, I don't know. They're, they're generally not wrong, and 
I think part of the issue probably is that, you know, it's essentially a whole new coaching staff in there. Brian, Brian Flores has gone in there and he's essentially admitted it's going to take a while yep. to get this back on track. They were, to me, they're essentially kind of going the same way as what the Giants were looking towards. You know, they've got the, the veteran quarterback, they've got the young quarterback. They have no clue which one to stick in <laughs> at any point. It could be Christmas, you could see Daniel Jones. It could be next week that you'll see Daniel Jones. I think it's quite similar, even just based on what we're saying. You're saying Fitzpatrick starts this Sunday. I say it's going to be Rosen already. And, you know, they've got ease in a coaching system that'll take a little bit of time. Honestly, I don't think it's going to be a 30-point margin. I can... It's going to be a bit closer. I think it... You're maybe still looking at. I still think the Patriots will beat the spread. I don't think it'll be by 30 points, though. It's maybe by 20 points, say. Um, but again, my betting head, I want to put a fiver on the Dolphins to a plus 17 because if not, you're celebrating a big score and. If they do, if they do beat the spread, then you know of whatever it's probably sitting at ten to one or something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're fifty quid up, sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, there's not much more we can really stretch this out for, and I don't think. Uh, no, it, it, I'm sure people listening can tell it was quite a struggle to come up with any sort of positives for the Dolphins. Maybe we're really swayed by last week, and maybe we'll see them this week, and it'll be a bit of a shock as to like how kind of competitive they are. I just don't, I just don't see mm. it. Even um, I was listening to Mike Debate, who was on our show, yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago. He on Locked On Patriots. He on a Wednesday they do a, a crossover episode, to kind of what we're trying to do here with, you know, getting fans from other teams on and such like and today he had um, the Dolphins locked on beat writer and even the Dolphins beat writer was like uh, Travis I can't remember his second name but he was yeah he's shaking his head saying normally I would say yeah we've got a chance because it's at home but not this weekend so they're not even holding out much hope I think from their performance last week, plus all the stories, I, I don't see how that team can be in any position to be like mentally ready to win a game. Depends yeah. how true the stories are that their players are wanting out. Mm. If that's over exaggerated, maybe there's nothing to it. But if that is an accurate story and it covers multiple players, yeah, could 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 be bad. Or good, depending on which way you look at it. <laughs> well, I think we'll leave it there for the listeners to hear Nat Coombs. So joining me now is a man who writes for various publications over the years, and you might have seen him on, on telly as well. Um, he currently does things with ESPN and has a podcast of his own show, as well as hosting Sunday Night Football on TalkSport. It's Nat Coombs. How are you, man? Very good indeed, man. Good to good to be on. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. Um, 
you are a Dolphins fan for your for your sins, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, well, I am. How did that come about? Was that um, product of the eighties type thing? It was a gross misjudgment back uh, <laughs> when I was <laughs> when I was a child. So yeah, I'm uh, one of the eighties generation of fans. So I I was a kid and fell in love with the game. I turned it on, like I'm sure you know a lot of uh, of your listeners of a certain age turned it on, uh, discovered this Technicolor crazy thing that i didn't really understand but i knew i liked straight away and and just pick the dolphins you know it was marino it was the marx brothers it was excite they were exciting to watch and uh, and they were kind of always perennial contenders but in that kind of nine and seven ten and six eight and eight realm that <laughs> the dolphins perpetually seem to be in mm-hmm. so um but i yeah so miami is my nfl team I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan in the NBA, which is it, it's actually getting better, of course, over the last few months. Things are looking up um, a West Ham fan. So we'll just move quickly along and uh, um, a Chicago Cubs fan. So the Cubs have brought me some joy, <laughs> some success. But the well, other three, at, at least that's something, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. It's, it's better than some. It's better than some. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I Miami, guess, uh... um, Miami have been pretty indifferent over the years. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, well, my and things to do Miami. I'm just that slightly bit younger than yourself was Ace Ventura, but I've still oh, never sure. come yeah. across someone who has used Ace Ventura as Marino connection to the Dolphins to be. That's why they're Dolphins. So I'm still waiting on that one. Just They've got to be out there. They've got to be <laughs> out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so week one in the back pocket now. Mm-hmm. What did you make of it? Was it just a complete shitstorm, really, for want of a better <laughs> phrase, I guess. Well, it was a, yeah, with a lot of surprises. So, you know, as you alluded to at the top, so I do the the talk, the NFL show on Talk Sport two on Sunday nights, which is kind of like a red zone on air chat show essentially. So all the games are going on and the scores are flying in. So when you're broadcasting that, it's quite difficult. It, although it's this weird paradox where you're across everything that's going on, so it's all going in, but it moves at such a freight train pace that you have to sit i just have to sit and watch red zone again in its entirety the next day just to kind of get back up to speed and soak it in in a different way um so it was um yeah obviously a lot of upsets road teams that it seems to be the trend though in week one of the nfl i was listening to mike lombardi uh and adnan burke and their podcast and they were saying that that proportionately there's about an eight or nine percent higher road dog win uh, probability in week one of the season than any other time in the nfl which is interesting so uh in maybe it wasn't so much of a surprise but there were a lot of um terrific stories what about the comebacks as well like i'd, I'd count S- sammy watkins as a comeback i would count um deshaun jackson obviously bringing it like it's 2010 that was pretty that was pretty special philip dorsett i mean talk about what a time to step up when your team has just signed one of the best receivers uh, of the last 20 years i will score more touchdowns in one game than i have over the previous two years so um there were a lot of a uh, lot of interesting i mean and and kyler murray as well different kind of comeback but he looked you know absolutely uh not at the races for the first three quarters and then then completely composed and dynamic and arizona fans changed their perspective within moments so yeah a brilliant overall uh, first um uh yeah week one yeah it was it was a great week um to start off with and um, figures come out saying they're up like quite a few percent 
news, especially American audience who seem to have sometimes it's reported that they've fallen out in love with, of love with the game, really, haven't they? And uh, so it was great to hear, and you know, some great scripts are, you know, or comebacks as you, as you say yourself that, that helped and, and you. needed that as well. If you think like, um, you know, the Titans Browns game, maybe most notably, just shows that what we think we know, we don't really know. Uh, lots of us anyway. <laughs> so, you know, the narrative was, ah, the, the Titans aren't all that and, and the Browns are going to be, yeah, it could be a sleeper Super Bowl pick and 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 Tennessee just handed it to them. And actually, when you look back with 2020 hindsight, there's no real, there's no real, well, there's no real surprise. I mean, uh, if you, I was watching a, a, that game back today, actually, because, um, you know, you mentioned my ESPN show, which is incidentally snappily titled The Nat Coombe Show, which took hours to, <laughs> to come up. <laughs> good tale, uh, good tale. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where we, where we come up with that. And um, uh, the uh, and I write a column that goes alongside it. So the pod, we drop the pod four times a week and a, a column on Thursday. And the column today, should, we're taping this on Thursday, was uh, was about the Browns. So I was watching it again and looking at it closely. And, it, it, you know, they were quite streaky. There were times when the offense really, really clicked. I mean, the, the, the first drive, the drive where he had two strikes to Landry and Njoku got the touchdown, looked really, really composed, you know. And at times they did mix it up a bit and get to to um mariota you know garrett uh had had his moments so all i think we can overreact dramatically to the browns week one i think they'll be fine but at the same time you look at the way the titans at vrabel you know a a better chick disciple ostensibly how organized that defense is how it's such a strong running game uh underpinning it old school football really in many respects and uh and they look really really efficient and you think about them last season a lot of games where they were 17-13, 17-13, you know, 21-17, those type of games. Their defense will step up most weeks and keep it tight. So if Mariota, uh, you've got Delaney Walker back, which is huge for them. Um, obviously, if Henry can keep up anything close to that pace, I think they're going to be uh, contenders in the AFC for sure. Mm, they are certainly stacked in defense, and they obviously handed it to the Patriots last year. But, right. Uh, yeah. and, and I think the... What my takeaway from that game was that ultimately it was new versus old. It was a second year into the tenure of Vrabel at yep. Tennessee. And, you know, it was brand new, all these superstars. It was almost like, you know, Real Madrid going up against Hitafe or something like that, you know, in a <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, I like it. All, I like that these... you drop. You know, it's, it's, a really, it's a really good point. And I, um, you know, there were concerns about Freddie Kitchens and, you know, I think he's going to be good for Mayfield just because of his intuition with the and experience with the position, right? I think that's a, and that's that's how he got the gig in the first place. But you know, in turn, uh, you know, I was talking about this on, I think it was with uh, with J Bell. So J Bell's one of our regulars on the pod, and it was either him or Carlson. And um, about when the Titans came over last season, we did this promo thing with them for the NFL. Uh, it was a Facebook live chat, which uh, so I kind of hosted like a twenty minute Q and A with uh with Vrabel and a half a dozen of the players so Wesley Woodyard and uh Mariotta and a few others and most of the players out there actually with the exception I think of Mariotta were defensive players and they're all you know all certain age the key players in that in that team and it was an interesting dynamic between them and Vrabel where they were really friendly and obviously liked him and connected with him but he still maintained authority you know how some coaches maybe a, a two one way or the other they're too pally or they're too authoritarian and they can't get the balance right. He seemed to, uh, my big takeaway from that was 
I think he's going to, on that level anyway, be a very good man manager. I think he's, he's got the right balance of people aren't going to take any shit from him, but, um, or rather he's not going to take any shit from people, but they, uh, at the same time, they're going to like him. And I think that's, you know, if you can get that balance right, it's a kind of Jurgen Klopp type thing, isn't it? Of uh, striking the right balance there of, of authority and respect, but likability. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. And you touched on it earlier when you mentioned Philip Dorsett. Mm. Um, Antonio Brown, obviously, is the big news of the week and probably will continue to do so, unfortunately. I mean, he's an incredible talent, undeniably, but has become a bit of a polarising figure recently i'm i'm not expecting you to you know talk about the actual do you are you making of it all and 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 more relatable to what you know we're going into sunday do you think he plays sunday do you think he plays at all this season what what's yeah, your thoughts on it i i really don't know about that i mean you know i think it's 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 you know worth emphasizing that at the moment allegations made against him which he strenuously denies and uh you know and that's all we know about that really um you know at this stage it that inevitably is going to add further you know generate further attention on on him and uh whatever the situation nfl teams rarely like undue attention right uh that's a, a kind of given uh and belichick certainly going back to what we were saying earlier about the type of head coach um is uh is not uh going to be uh, it's not going to be tolerant of uh, of a, a player uh, randy moss is a good example of that that however good he was um when it when it wasn't working for him in terms of discipline or or, or you know in, in that kind of area belichick didn't even blink and he was gone by by monday right so i don't think um antonio brown is irrespective of the allegations made against him uh, with regards to the sexual assault i think if you look at his antics uh oakland turning up in a hot air balloon um just not <laughs> turning up for practice seemingly uh, uh and then conversely really really uh balling hard in in training um and you know that is something that i think you know i've spoken to uh, you know a few former players who uh, about their perspective on it and they think mm, you know maybe all is not well with him <clears throat> mentally uh in so far as it's even by wide receiver standards and we know them to be flamboyant and outlandish it's really erratic behavior so yeah it's a good question it is um look he's undoubtedly a brilliant player and i think he still has a lot left to give in that respect um but uh, it is uh, an odd it's been an odd seven days and I understand I sympathize a lot with Oakland uh, fans in particular, um, you know, and I don't want to get all preachy and magnanimous and soapboxy about this, but I can't help being pretty annoyed when a player does something like this, uh, or it, particularly if his agent engineers it um, and is in his ear. And you think of all those kids that have got an Oakland Antonio Brown shirt. You think of all those parents that, uh, maybe aren't earning much money that have spent a lot of money on an Antonio Brown shirt for them or for their kids in particular. And, you know, and that happens. It's not as if he even played a season and was amazing and then, you know, and then disappeared. So look, uh, that's not specifically a knock on Antonio Brown because there might be all kinds of stuff going on uh, that we don't know about with uh, why you wanted to move on. And I think you've always got to give players uh, a benefit of the doubt in that respect. I, I remember when, um, you know, as I said, I'm a West Ham fan. I went, Dimitri Payet left you know my kids are, they're West Ham fans and it's the first time one of their stars had left and mm. you know they were they were heartbroken about it but 
you know, you understand it's a lot of off the field reasons, family reasons why he needed to, to do what he did. And you can't, I think, hate on a, a player um, until you know the full story. It doesn't make it any less palatable for, for those Raiders fans. Um, I mean, what's your perspective on it as a, you know, from the Patriots side? Because from what I gather, it's a pretty divisive move. I mean, I know, like I say, irrespective of the allegations, just in terms of how it went down from Oakland to New England and whether he's the right person to have in the locker room or not. Um, I was sort of torn on it before, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that, you know, it's quite a selfish, you know, you could use all sort of expletive words to what did the, the dutiful soldier that I am, I'd, I listened to the Natcoom show and I heard you and J-Bell um, touch on it on, on mm. Monday's pod. And, you know, it wasn't something I'd actually thought about was the whole, you know, kids and even adults buying jerseys that mm. if you're buying the official ones and not getting ones from China, they do cost, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds plus to buy A these lot things. of money, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, you've probably seen the pictures yourself of the sacrificial burning and stomping on the jerseys and such like by the black hole uh, yeah. on Monday night. And honestly, I don't really blame them. And I don't, it's, it's sort of hard being a Patriots fan. I know this is sounds ridiculous. but <laughs> It's a tough know, it's life, another, isn't it, winning all these yeah, Super Bowls? Well, yeah. when you add Manchester United into the teams that I support. Oh, you're you know, kidding me. <laughs> no, sorry, not. Um, but, you know, it's... If all the Patriots pods I listen to, they've all said the exact same thing. It's just another reason to hate the Patriots um, because it's, you know, he's on their team now. Had he gone to Jacksonville, had he gone to the Eagles or somewhere, I don't think there would have been half as much, um, you know, made about it really. But at the end of the day, we've you've got to look at it pragmatically and just say we've picked up a great receiver and, you know, hopefully this thing goes away in one way or another and you know don't get me wrong if he is guilty of what has been said and what he's alleged to have done then throw the book at him you know do whatever you want it's it's absolutely disgusting if it's if it's true but at the same time if it comes reversely that she's the one that's made up lies to try and extort him for some money and just get a quick couple of million quid um it's Equally as disgusting. So I'm not coming down one way or the other as such, but speaking from a, a footballer's fan's point of view, the same as Chiefs said about Hill, you know, they're going to mm. happily support him on the field as such. Um, is where I'm kind of thinking of it anyway. Um, so changing gears ever so slightly into the actual Sunday itself, what, what are you making of this? Um, Sunday, are you? Do you think it'll be a hammering like Sunday previous, or do you think Brian Flores being an ex-Patriot um, coaching staff might help your case this week? I think it's a great point. Uh, and Mike and I got into it on the pod uh, yesterday, actually on the Wednesday show. That um, you know, clearly there is a uh, Miami has a good record in Miami against New England over the years. I think that's often quite a misleading stat that gets wheeled out. You know not specifically to Miami, New England, but generally, you know, San Francisco uh, hasn't beaten Green Bay in 15 years. You know, it's going to be totally different teams. I mean, I don't understand yeah. why it has any bearing on this particular matchup. You know, last season, maybe. But uh, so I, whilst I think the 
you know, that can be overplayed a little bit. I do think uh, that Carlson made the point about weather in particular, which is um, which is a good one. Uh, that clearly is something that uh, factors in when there is such a you know extremity in temperature, and the Patriots don't particularly like uh, going down there in you know when it is uh, that type of climate. But or at least it has an effect on their game. But I think you're right. The Flores connection is most significant and again connecting the two points because of the close proximity you know and and the the recency in terms of his time at Foxborough so yes I think I I, you know I'm seeing lines of 19 20 points uh you know favorites and and look that will any of us be surprised if New England blow Miami out of the water probably not but I have a sneaky feeling it might be a little bit closer than than some people are suggesting. I still think New England wins comfortably, but it might not be as embarrassing a performance uh, as the week before. I mean, you look at the Miami's performance uh, against Baltimore in week one. One of the most alarming things was how the secondary was shredded, you know, on multiple occasions. That's meant to be our <laughs> the strongest part of mm-hmm. our team. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think there are some good players there that will will look at that um, and you know, I'm hoping we'll, we'll respond to this idea that we are the whipping boys of the NFL. We're gonna, not going to win any games. We are a laughing stock. You would hope that would, you know, with the likes of uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, for you know, example, and Xavier Howard, you hope that that will generate a bit of self-respect with some of our better players to get the rest of the locker room galvanized to come on with, with better than this. Yeah, we talk about it, uh, myself and my co-host Nick, we talk about it on this week's show that, you know, looking on paper, you're the backfield through, you know, cornerbacks and safeties is, is your strongest suit. And, you know, having Eric Rowe there might also be another um, tool in the pocket that helps you guys. But And I've also said, if it, I had a look earlier on this afternoon and unfortunately, I don't know if it's Vegas or... Um, the betting app of choice that I use that, you know, it's 10 to 11 either way on the 18 point swing. If it was mm. something like, I think uh, I checked, it was like 8 to 1 for a, an actual Miami win. And it was the, the, if you take the 18 point swing, it's 10 to 11. So it's not a great deal because I have that quite easily, uh, is what I'm trying to say. And to put your house on it isn't really that much when you're getting basically just evens uh, on that swing unfortunately yeah um, yeah it was interesting i was reading belichick's comments about christian wilkins which um fills me with a lot of confidence so he for your um listeners that haven't necessarily paid much attention to miami's draft and it's only week one so maybe you don't know is uh the tackle from clemson we got uh in it was our first round pick 13th overall i think um uh, and Belichick singled him out in the presser I saw as a hell of a player. That fills me with an immense confidence that he's going to be mm-hmm. okay. He's not going to be a bust. Yeah, he doesn't um, pick out a lot of players, but no, he yeah, doesn't I did watch he? that yeah. conference yeah, yeah. Um, yesterday, and that was one he picked out. So, no, it does fill you a bit uh, with great confidence when you know a man of his ilk is actually um, talking. Um, well, I think, you know, that's it from me, really. I've, uh, I've had an absolute pleasure talking to you this last little while. But before you go, Nat, just, you know, the floor is yours and, you know, plug away all your shows and your articles and columns and such like. 
Oh, well, it's good to, always good to come on and talk uh, talk ball and talk. Um, I think you should get me back on when we when we stick it to you on Sunday. <laughs> I think that's what we should aim for. Um, the, yeah, uh, for sure, definitely. Right, the, yeah, crack on, plug, plug away. The Nat Coombs Show, you can find it on all podcatchers. Uh, if you search on social media at the NC Show, there's a big community following us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, four episodes a week. So Jason Bell's part of our team this year. Uh, we've got a lot of the ESPN uh, faces from stateside. Uh, so Mike Tannenbaum's joining me tomorrow. Uh, Carlson, I mentioned Ben Isaacs. A lot of your, uh, your favorites, uh, Tom Deacon, from stuff I've done over, over the years. And a lot of new faces uh, as well. So just go to iTunes, Spotify. You know, you know the drill. Find it, the Nat Coombs Show, and, and get involved. Excellent. Well, again, thanks, Nat, for your time. It's much appreciated. Uh, I'll let you go because you're a busy man, but um, we'll chat soon and hopefully catch up later in the season. Yeah, my pleasure, man. All the best for the pod. So there you are, guys. That was Nat Coombs on this week's show, getting um, some Dolphins thoughts out there. A um, little bit of housekeeping before we go. Remember to rate, review and subscribe. Um, every subscription is a bonus to us. Every listen is a bonus. It's great um, that we're getting... You know, as the season has gone in, we're getting more listeners to the podcast. Uh, if you want to interact with us, probably the best bet is on Twitter for both of us, at Matt Inkster for myself. And Nick, where can they find you? Um, it's at the underscore panic, P-A-N-I-C-K. There you go. So that's where you can find myself and Nick. Um you can check out the Facebook page. It's just search Patriots Nation UK on Facebook. You'll find it there. Um, Patriots Nation UK is where you can find any written work from us. And until next week, when hopefully we've seen a, a trouncing of the Dolphins, um, I think we'll leave it there and catch up with you soon. So until next week, guys, remember to do your job as there are no days off.